Hello, Legion of Audience. This is James. And before we get started today, I wanted to take a second and let you all know about the brand new Who Would Win Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get behind-the-scenes access like you've never seen before, go to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow right now. Who Would Win patrons will have access to outtake videos, early info on battles, and even get a vote on characters that we'll use in upcoming episodes. So if you'd like to support me and the show, head to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow, and for as little as five bucks a month, you can define yourself as more than just a fan. You'll be an official member of the Legion. Hope to see you there. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. The Wakandan team is on full alert. An invader has been seen on radar walking up to the dome shield that protects the nation. The newest Black Panther, Shuri, is the closest one to the intruder, and not wishing to escalate into an international incident, she greets the man one-on-one. What brings you to our doorstep, American? Shuri asks. I've come to take all your vibranium and deliver it back to the States, Soldier Boy growls. Shuri laughs. You and what army? Soldier Boy laughs right back. Lady, I am an army. And this one is going to be remembered for the ages. It's Pride versus Payback. It's Black Panther versus BCL Red. It's Shuri versus Soldier Boy today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters in the worlds of comics, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by the one and only Ray Stacanus. 
legion of audience, our faithful fan base. The Who Would Win show continues to strive to bring you battles that are so out of the box, so insanely unexpected, but somehow make a lot of sense. In one corner, you have Soldier Boy, the foul-mouthed Captain America-type character who is stuck in the 80s from The Boys, great episodes that he was in, great series overall. In my opinion, he's going up against a character who continues to carry the legacy really, really well and do justice to the mantle of Black Panther. Of course, I'm talking about Shuri. As usual, I did the patented Who Would Win Google test just to see how many times this matchup has been discussed, and yet again, no one has ever dared to discuss this hypothetical matchup. Once more, the Who Would Win show brings you, the Legion of Audience, a premier battle in geek culture. Now, Ray, what are your thoughts on today's matchup? I love matches that involve kind of older characters. You know, we've had Zorro on the show. We've had Popeye on the show. We've had Astro Boy on the show, for God's sakes. This is a battle really rooted, and it's exciting that it's happening here in the year 2022. You've got Shuri's version of Black Panther from Wakanda Forever that just came out, and season three of The Boys' Soldier Boy, a character that did not exist but through reference, on the show up until this year's 2022 season. So this is really a battle of now, a battle of today, and we're doing it before the year gets out. Mark it down. I'm excited. You know, this is an insane battle. I love it. We also hit an insane milestone, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Ray, we were talking a little bit about the show before the show. What just happened for the Who Would Win podcast? The Who Would Win show, as of right around Thanksgiving Day of 2022, and I had to mark it down, just hit 2.5 million downloads through seasons one through four. An unbelievable feat, and we need to thank every single one of you, but really I'm just going to thank myself because, let's face it, the real reason you tuned in is right here. That's right. The real reason people tune in is right here. A great judge, you and I, great characters were debating all this time over almost four years, and 2.5 million downloads. By the way, um, it brings a smile to my face every time I, I, I even think about that. That is pretty incredible. You know, it's really thanks to the Legion of Audience, our fan base. All of you have been fantastic on social media. All of you have been supporting us for years. And we're kind of coming to the end of this year where we do our year in review shows. So we want to find out, you know, from you, the Legion of Audience, what was your favorite episode this year? Who were your favorite characters? Who was your favorite judge? What were your greatest moments and all that kind of good stuff? All of this is going to be referenced in our end of year episode. Please start telling us now. Reach out to us through social media and let us know what your favorite moments, your highlights were of this season. Uh, is it going to be when Ray wins this whole season? Who knows? Is it going to be when I actually win the whole season, which is what's going to happen? We'll figure it out. But before we'll we even get there, we will figure it out. We'll have, we're about to have an incredible judge who's going to oversee a yet an even more incredible battle, making their first appearance on the Who Would Win show. It's TV writer, comedian, writer, and consulting producer for Spirit Rangers on Netflix. It's the creator of Gone Native on Comedy Central Digital. It's the one and only Joey Cliff. Joey, welcome to Who Would Win. Yeah, how's it going, everybody? Thanks so much for having me. Um, I've got to say, um, there have been a lot of things that I've done in my career. Um, I feel like I've really traveled the world and done a lot of great stuff. And there is never a responsibility that I've taken more seriously than judging this contest. Excellent. I mean, that's how it should be in life. This is it. This is not, it, it all goes down from downhill from here. Now, Joey, you've done a lot in your career. I know it. Ray's note knows it as well. What are you currently working on that our Legion of fan base, our Legion of audience, our fan base would love to hear about? Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, so uh, as was mentioned, I'm a writer, consulting producer for Spirit Rangers on Netflix. Um, it's a really great kid show that just came out a few weeks ago um, on Netflix. Um, 
It's the first kid show in the history of U.S. animation created by a Native American person with an all-Native writer's room. Around 100 Native folks in the cast and crew. It's like the biggest collection of Native folks to ever work on a kid's TV show. Uh, I'm one of the writers, consulting producer. And it's just like a, it's a show that's great from historic from a historic representation standpoint. It's also just a really good show. And like, I think there's a lot of stuff that people on the show would really dig. We have folks like, you know, uh, like I'm a big pro wrestling dork. We have a pro wrestling episode that I wrote starring Nyla Rose, who's an amazing AEW women's wrestler. A lot of other like folks like uh, folks like that are involved in the show. And I think it's just, it's something that is for um, definitely like a younger age group, but I think that it's something that people of all ages, regardless of whether you're native or not native can enjoy. So check that out. And then, um, Gone Native is a series of animated shorts that I um, am working on Comedy Central with the digital channels. We just released the first episode, um, I believe, a few weeks ago called Six Things You Didn't Learn About Native American People in High School. We've got uh, another episode coming out in January, another episode coming out in December that uh, are all really good. They're super funny shorts just about kind of weird microaggressions that Native folks run into. So uh, those are probably the big things. But like I said, all of that's garbage compared to the of responsibility and weight I'm putting on this competition between Soldier Boy and Shuri. Finally. Listen, it's all about priorities. Finally. It's all about priorities Can I just say right now, this is our fourth season of the show, and many judges take that responsibility seriously, and I can see it. And I can see it with you, Joey, because when they don't, we hear about it a lot. And I I don't like that at all. So thank you for being a true hero of season four of the Who Would Win show. If there's one thing I should be called for doing this, it's America's greatest hero. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. Yeah. Well, is that tied in with that show from the 80s, uh, The Greatest American Hero? Yes, yes. That's true. Uh, Who could it be? The greatest, yeah, the guy that could fly in the suit. Yes, that should be. That's so, And by yeah, the he, way, he could kind of fly. Yeah. Talking about favorite judges from season four, Joey, you have a chance today to make that list and win that honor. I don't want to say making sure Ray wins would endear you to the hearts of millions, but it couldn't hurt. It could actually. That's exactly something that would hurt a great deal. You would hear from it from our fan base how much they would love it if you you took Ray's side. Not what I deserve. As Ray it. is uh, learned. It's here's the thing. It's it could go either way. Listen, we've got a All great right. episode. We have an amazing first time judge who I'm super excited about. Check out Spirit Rangers now on Netflix. Do yourself a favor because I've heard amazing things about the show. But we got to get to this. Ray, do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing the MCU, the hero who can fight, invent cool tech, and lead her people. I just chalk it up to her Wakanda do attitude. Shuri. And representing the boys, the war hero who eats bullets for breakfast. And then they tried a different durability test at lunchtime. Soldier Boy. Well done, Ray. Now, before we go any further, let's go over the official rules of a Who Would Win match. Rule number one, each debater will make three points. Rule number two, the Who Would Win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality and the exact version that character has to be specifically stated. Listen, Ray, there's a couple different versions I know of of Soldier Boy. Which version are you using for today's battle? You know, today, as we talked about in the boardroom leading up to this, it's going to be season three television's Soldier Boy. But can I just get back to the fact Wakanda do attitude? Come on, people. What do I got to do here? That's amazing. Good job, me. High five. DDP, self high five. Let's go. Definitely need a diamond cutter right now. All right. uh, I will be using the MCU version of Shuri because I love the comic book version. 
but I just saw Wakanda Forever with the family. What an incredible movie. What an incredible hero character Shuri is. I just got a rep for the show. It's just the right thing to do. All right, rule number four. Debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are long established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed, but will be given less weight. Rule number five. The winner of the debate is whoever the judge decides. Has the best case for defeating their opponent by death submission or battlefield removal, and where no attack or threat can be made for at least two minutes, and where no outside interference is allowed. And finally, rule number six, the judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules or established logic. Joey, that means you have the power in this episode. All right. Before we get started, don't forget to visit the official Hoodwin store to get your very own Hoodwin merchandise and accessories. Go to hoodwinstore.com to get your hands on some Hoodwin merch right now. We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force, and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. And now, let's get to the tale of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details for Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy is a super-powered, bona fide war hero who was created by Frederick Vaught during World War II, using Compound V. He was created by Garth Ennis and Derek Robinson, adapted for TV by Eric Kripke, and played by Jensen Ackles. Soldier Boy first appeared on TV in Season 3 of The Boys in 2022 in the episode The Only Man in the Sky. One of the earliest Compound V soups, Soldier Boy fought in World War II before leading a superhero team named Payback during the Cold War. Soldier Boy was really more of a bully than a leader, however, so his entire team turned on him, resulting in his being taken by Russia and tested on for 40 years while otherwise being thought dead. After being inadvertently rescued by The Boys, Soldier Boy had a lot of revenge on his mind in Season 3, and there was much blood that followed. Fun fact. Soldier Boy, as seen on TV, is really an amalgam of different characters with the same name from the comic books. Without question, the TV writers took the most interesting aspects of the character and chucked away most of the rest of the nonsense 
creating a well thought out and gravitas level character as opposed to just the being a deviant Captain America that he originally was. Man, the boys TV show is so much better than the comics. If you didn't know. Anyway, playing Soldier Boy on screen, they turned to veteran TV actor Jensen Ackles of Supernatural fame. But did you know that Jensen has a bright future playing a different character? You see, since 2021, Jensen has been donning the cowl as Batman in animated movies, with the return as the Cape Crusader in 2023's Legion of Superheroes. You know who else is playing Batman in 2023? Me! In the audio drama Justice League Mortal, coming early in 2023. Yes, I took all that time to make this fun fact about myself. Soldier Boy would approve, I think. I think. And that is Soldier Boy. He would approve. I think he would have approved that. Yeah. That's definitely a self-glossing a, a, Soldier, a Soldier Boy type it. of thing. Yeah. Yep, for sure. All right, here are the details for Shuri. Now, Shuri, a.k.a. the new Black Panther in the MCU, first appeared in Black Panther number 2 in May 2005 and was created by Reginald Hudlin and John Romita Jr. Shuri is the princess of Wakanda, youngest child of T'Chaka and Ramonda, sister of T'Challa, and the leading intellectual mind within Wakanda, an innovator responsible for creating much of Wakanda's modern technology. She's also known for designing the current generation of Black Panther suits. Heartbroken by her brother T'Challa's sudden death, Shuri had to face the threat of Namor, actually known as Namor, under uh, in the movie, I should say, and his undersea-dwelling people, the Talakanil, who wanted to wage war on the surface world and protect their home. The Talakanil declared war on Wakanda, leading to Namor killing Shuri's mother, Ramonda. Devastated, Shuri yearned for vengeance and managed to synthesize a heart-shaped herb, enabling her to take on the mantle of Black Panther. Shuri then led the Wakandan army in the grand battle against Namor, during which she managed to defeat Namor, but decided to spare his life, thereby ending the war and cementing her position as the new Black Panther. Yeah, I just spoiled it. That's what I did. If you haven't seen Wakanda forever by now, just go and see it. It's amazing. It's incredible. That's what I'm saying. And here's an interesting fact about Shuri. Did you know that Shuri represents a number of firsts in the MCU? It's true. In terms of the Black Panther lineage, Shuri is the first ever woman to assume the mantle of Black Panther. Also, she's the youngest person ever to become the Black Panther. But the most interesting first that Shuri has is the first place position she holds as the smartest person within the MCU. In fact, even the Russo brothers, the directors of the Avengers film, stated that when it comes to intelligence, Shuri is number one. And now you have the facts on both opponents. Joey, do you have any questions before we get started? So my question would be, um, you said that this is like a random counter in a, in a neutral location. So what is, the, what is the weapon loadout of each person? If that's something that's um, you know, covered later, I can totally wait. But that's kind of my big, my big question right off the bat. I believe this is, we're going to get into that through our points, James, unless I'm mistaken. Absolutely correct. No, it's a great question to ask, and we definitely will provide the information for that. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Got it. Got it. Taking all these notes and putting them into the supercomputer that I put all of my money into to make sure that I'm right. To, I'm calling this with cold calculation and numbers, so I will... Uh, I'm prepared to serve this show, yes. You know, this is another first. I don't think any other judge has actually had a supercomputer to help them calculate the results of the show. Calling I mean, this th right this down is... the middle is the most important thing I will ever do oh. in my life. <laughs> I'm like, Ray and I both knew that, but it's good to hear you know that yeah. as well. All right, yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Ray, go ahead and hit us with your point number one. Point number one for Soldier Boy. Let's just talk about the offensive output that this combat monster brings to the table because we know that he is a trained soldier. He trained as a soldier in World War II to go overseas and fight the Nazis. He continued training 
as uh, the as the leader of payback, as this Cold War mercenary troop that did very terrible things all around the planet in the United States, quote unquote, best interests. And he is just an absolute monster when it comes to actual fighting. Now, Shuri herself definitely has some training, sure. But as far as being an elite uh, soldier, as far as being an elite warrior of hand-to-hand combat, you gotta say, Soldier Boy's gonna have a massive advantage on Shuri as far as that goes, because she was in the science labs the whole time. She was in the tech room the whole time. She wasn't, you know, on the battlefields fighting in the, in the pits or whatever, but Soldier Boy was. Soldier Boy was there in the trenches getting it done. And he is not just a trained soldier, he has some great tools at his disposal as well. He's excellent with throwing knives, you know. He can take a throwing knife and he can then throw it with this, with the intense strength that we'll get into in a moment. That actually will go, like, through a guy's face, a superhero's face at one point. It was horrifying. The boys could be horrifying at times. Sorry, kids, that's the truth. He's also an excellent marksman. You don't see him miss a whole lot of shots. He's always packing multiple pistols with him for kind of dealing with rank-and-file, non-superpowered characters. I think he would try the guns at first, see that they don't work, and then work on the rest of his offense afterwards. Now, let's not forget that in the past, in the storylines, he dominated a character named Black Noir, and Black Noir is one of the toughest superheroes in the world of the boys, one of the top-level heroes, and he just beat him and beat him, and none of his friends would help him. They just sat back watching because they didn't want to be the next ones. And if you can destroy Black Noir, you can destroy Black Panther. At the end of the day, he carries around a shield. He's so strong. He carries around a shield that's so heavy that Huey, the character of Huey, could not even budge it. It was sort of like trying to watch uh, Tony Stark pull up Thor's hammer. He wasn't worthy. And at a certain point, he just started messing with it so much trying to pull it up that Soldier Boy just turned and said, leave my shield alone. What are you doing? Get out of here. You can't pick it up. He uses that shield offensively. He doesn't necessarily throw it like Captain America does. It's more of like a blunt force object because it's so heavy. He hit a soldier on the battlefield with that shield. The soldier flew up in the air and took a good, what, seven seconds to finally come back down again? This guy is strong. He sent Starlight flying with a shield hit. He hit her up in the air indoors, broke a piece off of the ceiling. She is a very strong, super-powered character that he's just tossing around like a ragdoll with the shield hit. He punched Homelander, Homelander, the Superman of this world. He punched him so hard that five days later, Homelander was wearing concealer to, because he had a bruise on his face. Queen Maeve, when she saw that he was wearing makeup to conceal a bruise, five days after getting punched by Soldier Boy, could not believe it because nobody hits Homelander like that ever in life, but Soldier Boy did. Let's not forget, he also sent a V-powered Huey flying through the air with one punch, roughly equal to Homelander in strength. These two tussled a couple of times on the show, and every single time, they essentially would grapple each other, and neither one would be able to budge. Homelander would try something cheap, try to use his eye beams, but then Soldier Boy would turn around using his combat knowledge and give a couple one-two shots and drill Homelander and send him flying a lot of the time. He once grabbed Homelander's cape. I love this. Homelander was floating in the air of this room. He grabbed his cape and then pulled the Hulk Loki move where he grabbed his cape and started smashing him on the ground repeatedly with it. And gosh, did I cheer out loud when I saw that because Homelander, kind of a jerk. And the final point offensively, it took an entire to the entire payback team of which there were several superpowered members with prior knowledge of who he is and a full plan set up ahead of time in order to bring him down. 
So it took, what, five, six superpowered characters with an entire plan of using this nerve agent gas to just put him to sleep. And even then, he fought them off for a while before it happened. The point is, if this team, who knows him, with an entire plan in place, could barely bring him down, how is Shuri, in a random encounter, not knowing who he is, nothing planned ahead of time, going to have a chance? And that's my point number one. How do I start the pushback and everything you said in point number one? This is the thing. Okay, let me let me just kind of start with the beginning of this. Soldier Boy is a propaganda tool of the government and of the main industry within the boys. He does not have anywhere near the combat experience that Ray Sakana says he does. He didn't do a lot of fighting in World War II. He kind of was used as just a, uh, again, propaganda machine and, you know, to show up at certain places. He was more of a celebrity, an actor. He was even stated saying like, hey, I got to, you know, be with certain actresses, you know, backstage or what have you. This is someone who lived for the limelight. Sure, does he have powers and strength? Can he fight a little bit? Absolutely. But he's nowhere near the Captain America style, you know, superhero being, we should say, that Race of Kings is pointing out to be. On top of that, bullets, knives, a shield that hits really hard. Guess what? Vibranium, which is what the uh, Black Panther suit sure he's wearing is made out of, absorbs the kinetic energy from hits from bullets. A knife thrown at her head, that's going to do nothing. It'll literally just drop to the ground because the kinetic energy will be absorbed. And the same thing with being hit with a big shield by a superhuman person like Soldier Boy. She'll just absorb the kinetic energy and just use that to help herself in the fight. That's all stuff that's going to work towards her. Listen, in terms of him destroying Black Noir, a very great character. I love that character as well in Season 3. This was someone who used his psychological intimidation as a weapon. Now, he is great with that, but you have to be open to being intimidated, you know, for that to work. And that is not something that Shuri is going to be open to. She is not going to be psychologically intimidated. She's not going to be psychologically manipulated. This is a person with an insanely strong mind. So with all that being said, let me get to my point number one. Let's go over the basics that Shuri brings to the table. Now, let's make this clear. Shuri is a super genius and a master engineer. We all get this. Much of the modern era tech in Wakanda that we see in the films was developed but Shuri, she can improve any technology, understand how something works in seconds, can figure out people, their weaknesses, how they work at absolutely insane speeds. Remember, she was the one, again, spoiler alert, she's the one who understood how Namor's skin, this is that Aquaman version of a villain that was in uh, Wakanda Forever, she understood how to figure out well, what his weakness was. It was the fact that his skin you know, absorbed water and what have you within seconds of just thinking about it. She is that good. She can understand everything. Plus, she's a leading you know, mind in vibranium and throughout the world. Vibranium again. Again, that great kind of metal that absorbs kinetic energy can do all this great stuff and enhance someone's strength in a lot of cool ways. Let's get to the fun part. Shuri's also a mar master martial artist, Ray Sicanus. That's a fact. Remember, she had to fight Killmonger in the first Black Panther movie. She had to fight against Thanos' hordes in Wakanda uh, twice. Uh, you know, just crazy stuff. She survived all that. And then in an ultimate show of fighting ability, Again, spoiler alert, she took out Namor, who is as strong as Thor, according to Ryan Coogler, the director of the movie. This is someone who's over 500 years old, a master combatant himself, someone who can fly. She figured out how to use martial arts and with everything else she was doing to take him out. But there's more. Shuri's an excellent markswoman. She's able to shoot blasts of sonic energy from vibranium gauntlets, more on that later, but she can shoot it at insanely accurate rates. Again, this is someone who's got superhuman everything, eyesight, everything going for her, uh, senses, she can shoot insanely accurately. On top of that, 
During the Battle of Mount Pashenga and Battle of Earth, she was able to hit many targets with a gauntlet super fast, also super accurately while moving all over the place. She is crazy good. She's a master acrobat, which we saw when she battled Namor as well. She can move all over and hit while moving. Kind of looked a little bit like Spider-Man doing her thing, except she's way more disciplined as a fighter. There's one other aspect of Shuri. I got to bring this up. It's the fact that she's somewhat sinister in her fighting style. Now, this is important because this kind of fact is what separates her from T'Challa and other Black Panthers from the past, especially in the comic books, but really in the movies as well. So in one scene where she's fighting Namor, Namor's got these wings at his ankles that enable him to fly. While she's fighting him, she's scratching, using her claws to rip into his flesh and everything. And then she just grabs one of the wings and rips it off his ankles, creating insane pain. And then she couldn't fly that well. He, she took away his tactical advantage. And all of a sudden, Namor's way, way weaker, and she just absolutely crushed him. See, that's what makes Shuri so dangerous and so fantastic. It's that she can use her intellect, her engineering, her marksmanship, her fighting ability, her ruthlessness to figure out how to take away one's advantage by any brutal method necessary in seconds in order to get the win. All of that is my point number one. Okay, well, thank you very much for the uh, history lesson there, Mr. James Gapsy. But I got a couple things I want to say here. First off, Soldier Boy just being a propaganda tool. It is alleged in the, in the TV show that he didn't show up to Normandy till two weeks later. And, uh, he knocked Huey out or knocked him down for uh, saying that right to his face. He doesn't like that. Whether or not it's true, it doesn't even matter because that would have happened how many decades previously. And we've seen what he was able to do in the future. So you can allege he wasn't all that back then, but I'm talking about the one from right now who is. And you talk about uh, Namor. Oh, she was able to identify his weaknesses. And so so uh, Wakanda Forever was only 10 minutes long. Namor just shows up and Shuri figures him out and then just defeats him in that first battle as they meet. No, James, that's not how it worked. There was an entire movie that happened leading up to her finally being able to get over on him after he dominates for an extended period of time. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about a first battle. I'll bring that up again. And finally, martial artist. You're, you're going to say that she's any trained martial artist. The science nerd from the lab. Now, I love science nerds from the lab. Those are my people. Don't get me wrong. But when she tried to fight Killmonger at, at the end of Black Panther, she had those two like wrist blasters that she's just shooting away. And as soon as that advantage was taken away from her, he like threw her around like it was nothing. She couldn't do anything to Killmonger without her technological advantage. And so I'm just not feeling this martial artist strategy. She got wrecked by Killmonger when she had the weapons, and even worse, when she didn't. Wait, I'm a science nerd, and I'm an MMA guy. Are you saying that science nerds don't know how to fight? Race to Canis? I'm saying Shuri doesn't know how to fight as good as Soldier Boy or Killmonger, and it's been proven. Interesting points. All right, Joey, you've heard one point from both Ray and myself. Where's your head at so far with this battle? Okay, so I've put this into my computer. Beep, beep, boop, boop, boop. Uh, I think that this is the ultimate battle of the immovable force versus, or the irresistible force versus the immovable object. You both brought up an amazing first point of the weapons loadout and capability of both of these characters and really painted a picture of, um, I think for me, like some potential ways that this battle could go, but I need more information before I can totally dive in and give an answer. That is fair. Okay, so you've heard one point so far. You need more info. Okay, we get this. Ray, let's see what we can do for this gentleman. Hit us with your point number two. Yeah, point number two for Soldier Boy. It's not just the fact that he can hit so hard that these superpowered characters are sent flying around. Let's not forget, you know, in the first Black Panther movie, uh, Killmonger and uh, and uh, T'Challa were fighting with their Black Panther suits and tearing each other apart. 
So it is absolutely possible to happen out on a battlefield. It's not like this armor is, is completely invulnerable to any damage at all. It's just simply not the case. You got to hit with something hard enough. But let's talk about his defense, his durability, because I don't think Shuri can do a possible anything in order to actually bring him down. Let's talk about it. He does not age. He's from the World War II era, and he has not aged up until the year 2022 or thereabouts that the boys season three takes place in. He's also very, very fast in combat. You know, he's able to go blow for blow with Homelander, again, a Superman class character who moves so fast the eyes cannot comprehend it. He's able to keep up with that character in combat. And another character, Kimiko, uh, tried to get a shot in on him. And she's very, very fast. Very, you know, she, she's very uh, low to the ground, stealthy, fast. And she came in on him and he just reached out without looking and grabbed her by the neck before she could hit him. And then threw her across the room with one hand. That's fast. That's fast because I know she's fast because A-Train was trying to run with her and she was able to react to it and able to hit him while he was running. Again, a Flash type of character. So we know that she's fast and he's faster than her without even looking. And let's talk about like a technology stuff because a knockout gas canister was thrown at the feet of Soldier Boy, hoping that, oh, this is going to bring him down. He just picked it up, inhaled it to see what it smelled like, and then threw it away. Chemical nerve agents in all of this aren't going to get the job done, especially not the kind you would find in standard battlefield scenarios. He also carries that shield I mentioned earlier. He blocks a lot of damage with that shield. Starlight used her energy attack on him and he blocked it straight out with the shield. He was able to block a shotgun blast and Billy Butcher on compound V shot his version of eye lasers. He was able to block that with the shield, no problem. In fact, he was able to block Butcher's eye lasers and Homelander's eye lasers simultaneously and block both of them. So this shield, again, these are eye lasers that rip buildings, rip cars, buses, super-powered characters, tear everybody in half like it's nothing, rip them to ribbons. That shield holds up to both. Again, he's taken punches straight from Homelander, and they've had some tussles, I will say. Starlight hit him with her most overcharged, powerful attack that he did not block, blasted him backwards, and he just got right up within three seconds and came after her. He does not stay down when he is hit. He got hit straight out by Homelander's eye beams, and he just got pushed a little bit. Butcher got a clean shot on his face and got a little, little, tiny little uh, cut on his cheek with, the, with powerful eye lasers that, again, uh, cut buses in half. And most importantly, this is a character who's known the depths. You know, he's been there, as it's been said. He was tortured by the Russians for 40 years, trying to find his secrets and his limits of his uh, durability. He's immune to all radiation. He was given two to three times an amount of lethal radiation of what it would take to kill somebody, and he survived it with no problem at all. They poured sulfuric acid all over his open skin. Didn't do anything. They took a power saw to his chest and just broke the power saw. A machine gun fired inside of his mouth and just ripped fired with a heavy machine gun. Nothing. And the only way they were able to finally uh, bring him down was a Novichok nerve agent, which is a real thing. It is a, a horrible, horrible nerve agent that is a very painful, terrible death if it happens to you and you get it in your system. For him, it just made him a little bit sleepy <laughs> and he was able to be put under by a massive amount of that nerve agent, a thing Shuri does not have. And at the end of the day, they tried doing it to him at the end of episode three. He started inhaling it and he was still able to shove everybody off of himself. What's going to put him down? 
I don't think James is going to have an answer for that. And that's my point number two. You really think I don't have an answer for that? More on that later. I don't. Let me again push back on your point number two points. And again, I find the, the character of Soldier Boy to be so awesome. Like, I hate him, but I love hating him. So I find him so entertaining yeah. to watch. So I, I just can't help myself. All right. Here's the thing. In terms of vibranium, vibranium armor or like the Black Panther suits that Shuri is wearing, the only way that you're really seeing a consistent way of damaging the suit is if it's attacked by someone who also has vibranium in their weaponry or armor or whatever, and if they have enough super strength to thrust that weapon hard enough to actually pierce that armor. That's something Killmonger had because he had that heart-shaped herb, you know, to give him that, that Black Panther kind of strength. Namor did that with a spear, but again, that's Namor, someone, again, who's as strong as Thor. And by the way, when he's in water, he's as strong as the Hulk. Again, that's according to Ryan Coogler, the amazing director. Okay, let's see. Soldier Boy is a, he, he's not a bad fighter. I'd say he's a pretty good brawler, but He's not showing great technique when he's fighting. It's not any classically trained stuff that I'm witnessing. And he doesn't fight at super speed. That's kind of a key here. He fights at regular speed. Now, he, he he's, he's fast for someone his size, I guess, but he's not super fast. On top of that, Soldier Boy can be hurt. We saw him. He was, I believe he was cut. He can be hurt, although it takes a lot to do it. But he's not as powerful as Namor. Again, I keep bringing that up because that's my best point of reference here. He's powerful and all that, but not as powerful as Namor is. And yet, Shuri was able to cut him and take him out as well. And Finally, here's a really fun fun part about this. I remember when he that scene where he woke up in that Russian prison, wherever you want to call it, and when he woke up, did he try to escape? Did he use good tactical sense like a Captain America would or what have you? No, he went on the attack against people who clearly knew how to put him under. And of course, what happened, they used that Novichok gas again and put him under. What that means is, tactically speaking, he's not the greatest mind. He's looking at, he lets his emotions take over, and he just kind of goes in that direction as opposed to seeing the bigger picture. That's going to be a big factor. Now, let me get to my point number two here. And let's just talk about powers and armor. So remember, Shuri, by the way, on a side note, Shuri's been trained by that Dora Milaje, that group of uh, people who are part of the Special Forces team of Wakanda. They've got the great spears, shaved heads. They, they all kick ass. That's who she received her training from, according to the MCU wiki. So she does know how to fight at a mastery level. Now, in terms of power, thanks to Shuri recreating the heart-shaped herb and ingesting it, she now has some great powers, such as super strength, where she's able to hit Namor hard enough to hurt him to stagger him. Again, Thor-level power. I've already mentioned that a whole bunch. She's got enhanced durability where she can tank instantly powerful hits and explosions. She's got super speed, at least comparable to T'Challa when he was a Black Panther, if not even more. Because remember, she's a little bit smaller, a little bit more agile than he was. She's got enhanced agility where she can now jump higher, jump further, take her already impressive acrobatic skills and apply like a Spider-Man-like capability to them. She's got enhanced reflexes where she can dodge attacks much quicker and easier and becomes even harder to hit than before, where she was, you know, already very hard to hit. She's got a regenerative healing factor, which we saw when Shuri was, you know, healed super quick after being stabbed through the abdomen into where the spear went through her into a rock behind her, and she destroyed that spear, pulled herself off of it, and healed fairly quickly to take out Namor. On top of that, all of her cognitive abilities also increased. Remember, this is interesting because she's already, according to my point number one, a super genius master tactician, master martial artist, and all that's been further increased. Now, let's talk about her Black Panther suit and weapons, all of which she made by herself because she's awesome. So with this, the suit gives her even more superhuman durability because, again, vibranium absorbs kinetic energy. You hit it with an explosion. You hit it with an energy blast. You you hit it with bullets, knife to that to the mask or whatever, a shield, whatever hitting it. 
all that's going to happen is nothing. She might get pushed back, but most of that energy gets absorbed in the suit, which she can then use for her hits as well. It's a really, really cool way for her to redistribute energy and what have you. Now, she's got claws, and these are vibranium claws that can retract and pull back, what have you. They're strong enough to tear into human flesh that's, like, super powerful. Again, Namor is having his face ripped apart, his back clawed into. She can climb up things with it as well. This is something she weaponizes and can just use for whatever she wants. Uh, let's see. She's got vibranium gauntlets. Ray, you mentioned this before but she's enhanced them now they're a part of this retractable thing on her black panther suit where she can hit them and shoot out sonic blasts that hurt everybody listen according to the mc wiki and I, I have to go through this to see it again she was actually able to affect not with a black panther suit but just in the when she came back from the blip in avengers uh endgame and she's actually able to push back some of the more powerful people from thanos's army with this and if someone even said she so they saw her do this to thanos i didn't see that but i'm not doubting it's there anyway she increased the capability increased the power and she's got those gauntlets on her now the great thing about these gauntlets it enables her to hit someone at close range, medium range, or far range. So all of a sudden, she's got way better range of attack. She can also use this while she's flipping upside down, doing her crazy fighting skills or what have you. It's really, really cool. Now, the really cool part about this, this doesn't include her AI. So remember, Tony Stark in the MCU, he had Jarvis, and then I believe Edith was a thing after. Well, she's got something as well, an AI called Griot, who is voiced by none other than Trevor Noah, by the way. Really, really cool. And Griot is a t connected to the Wakanda lab, where all the information is there, all the analysis, everything she needs. So she's got the tactical analysis of her mind, and Griot, this probably the world's most advanced AI that can help her and analyze everything that's going on with Soldier Boy. This is how this is just an absolutely crazy battle. What happens when you take the world's greatest super genius, master tactician, great fighter, give them superhuman physicals that also increase their mental and fighting abilities, and then give them a Black Panther suit made of vibranium that has advanced AI and also has sonic weapons? Well, to quote Joaquin Phoenix, if you're a soldier boy, you get what you freaking deserve is what you get. And that is my point number two. Okay, all right, all right. Easy now, Tiger. You're doing a lot of a something. You're doing a lot of theory crafting out here uh, as far as all of this goes. Now, you mentioned Trevor Noah. Uh, I think it's appropriate that they would get the third best host of The Daily Show for the third best a combat AI in the MCU. I think that holds up, and I think that makes a lot of sense. I think similarly, as far as her speed, strength goes, and those claws, the boy's equivalent would be Kimiko, uh, who has, you know, strong claws. She tears people up with them very, very fast, very, very strong, durable. Kimiko, again, tried to come at Soldier Boy, and he, no look, reached out, grabbed her by the neck, and flung her across the room, taking her out. I have Black Panther feats to, to talk to because he fought a lot in Civil War in that big battle at the airport. Pretty big deal. But let's not forget, he got slammed around by Ant-Man. Ant-Man was able to kick him and drop him out of the battle for a certain period of time while he recovered just through getting kicked by a giant guy. He also was fighting Captain America. How about that? And they were fighting pretty evenly. In fact, Captain America was able to get some good holds on T'Challa, a better fighter than Shuri, and, and a more skilled Black Panther and a stronger uh, uh, Black Panther as well. And then finally, the Widow's Bite. The Widow's Bite from Black Widow was able to uh, stun and electrify and stun Black Panther just long enough for the jet to take off without him being able to get on board. And if you were able to shut him down with an electrical attack, boy, my point number three is going to be something rough for you, James. <laughs> I love it. I love it how Ray, who hates crossovers, is using really insanely not well-linked crossovers. But that's all well and good because we're now at the turning point. We're after hearing two points from Ray and myself. 
Joey tells us who is ahead and what the other side has to do to win. But before we get to what Joey has to say, let's celebrate the Who Would Win Patron of the Week. Every week we choose one of our amazing members of the Who Would Win Show's Patreon community and put them in a battle. Ray, which patron do we have today? Today we are going with uh, one of our OG members of the Patreon. Today we're going to talk about Eric Lehman. He's back and he's looking for blood. Eric's back. Uh-oh. All right. Eric is a very strange character, very powerful, hard to predict. I'm going to have no choice but have him go up against Grimace, the giant walking, talking purple taste bud from McDonald's. Now, this is going to be tough because Eric Lehman, you know, he lives in darkness. He lives in the shadows. He is, as you said, much like the Sphinx in that he is hard to figure out. And Eric Lehman is going to see Grimace an equally imposing, let's face it, very large, very strong character, generally jolly, but this is a who would win fight. So we know that they are going to throw down. So they're going to come at it. And Grimace is going to be a very straightforward fighter. No, no real formal training. He's going to start throwing punches, go for grabs. And Eric Lehman's going to be just dodging, staying outside of arm's reach. He's going to work his way around Grimace. And Grimace, as many big men will suffer, will get tired. Big men will get tired if they exert themselves for a certain period of time. We've seen it in MMA uh, fights with sumo wrestlers before, where after a couple of minutes, they just, they don't have that spark anymore. So Eric Lehman is going to get essentially Grimace to punch himself out. He's going to jump on Grimace's back, take a big old bite of the side of his head like Mike Tyson did to Evander Holyfield. Grimace is going to be shocked, terrified, and Eric will learn what a taste bud tastes like. Battlefield removal as Grimace runs. Eric Lehman wins the fight. This makes all kind of sense because uh, Grimace has never faced anyone like physically even close to his equal. So what would happen? He wouldn't be game to keep up the fight. I think that's exactly how this fight would go, would go down. Exactly would go. Congratulations, Eric. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, congratulations, Eric. That was amazing. Now, remember, you too can become a celebrated patron of the week. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash who would win show and sign up and you may be featured in an upcoming episode of who would win. Now back to the turning point. Joey, you've had a moment to ponder two points from both Ray and myself. Who do you think is ahead, and what does the other side have to do to pull out the victory? So both of you painted a really great picture of these two characters and their capabilities. Soldier Boy is, he's very tough. He's very strong. He's also old, but very experienced in, you know, his combat abilities and his experiences in life. He's just been around for a while. Uh, Shuri, on the other hand, is very young. Um, she's uh, a little bit more, I would say, uh, movable in her strategies. And she's also just like a super genius. Uh, so I think that for me, uh, the question is, can those characters over, can each character's strengths overcome the other character's strengths? And can they exploit each other's weaknesses in this fight? I would say at the moment, it's like a fairly even brawl. Really curious to see what you're going to do for round three. Um, and really, it's any person's game at this point. Very interesting. All right, mm. tied game so far, Ray Canis. Go yeah. ahead. See if you can get the win with your point number three. Point number three for Soldier Boy, the secret weapon, because not only is he military trained, durable, uh, ridiculously durable, quite honestly, as well as super strong, he has a secret weapon inside of him that he uses multiple times through the course of season three. Now, he doesn't always have great control of it early, but he has supreme control of it later on in the series. And that is his ability to project energy attacks, giant radioactive energy blasts from his body. He essentially turns his body into a living explosion, detonating everyone else around him. Now, he himself is immune to radiation, but most everybody around him is not because human beings tend not to be immune to radiation. He powers up his attack. 
So it is something that he has to build up for a moment, and then he will use that blast whenever he's uh, uh, triggered, whenever he feels like he's up against it, whenever he wants to put somebody down for good. And he has a hit list of people that he wants to not fool around with. This is his finishing blow if you use. Now, he uses this blast to destroy literal city blocks around him. This is a blast that uh, earlier on in the uh, show, he heard Russian music playing, maybe in sort of an ode to the Bucky Barnes Winter Soldier with the Russian triggers, but they used to play this music when he was being tortured. So when he was walking the streets of what I think was New York City, he hears the Russian music playing from radio, kind of freaks out a little bit because he's still kind of getting acclimated after being freed, and he blows up, blowing out an entire building, just destroying it, blowing out an entire section of street. He killed 19 people, vaporized them to dust. Maybe some charred skeletons were left behind, but he just vaporized everybody. A little bit later on, he went to what I'll call for the purpose of this show, a party house where a party with a lot of adults was happening. He detonated it in order to try to kill uh, the twins who had, uh, he basically went on a revenge quest through season three, killing all the members of his old squad uh, uh, payback for uh, turning him over to the Russians as they did. So he kills the twins who have a powerful energy attack of their own, as well as seven other superheroes who were just caught in the crossfire as he detonated himself inside the building and blew everybody away. Killed a whole bunch of regular people too, but the important thing is not one superhero, seven of them. Some of which, you know, he wasn't even trying to kill. Took them all out because that's how ridiculous this explosion of power is. The Crimson Countess, a very durable character, went to her home and exploded himself to kill her, absolutely, but Huey and Starlight were a great distance away from where that explosion happened and where they were standing, like pieces of like wall and fence were crumbling down because that's how, we're talking about not maybe a nuclear detonated blast, but basically a mini nuke level blast. If you love the Fallout series, that's exactly the type of thing. It just detonates an area with a radioactive blast. That's what it is. And an important thing to know about this blast is if you are unlucky enough or lucky enough to be a superpowered character and you survive getting hit with this blast, an additional property is you lose your superpowers. Kimiko got hit by this blast uh, kind of in a side, you know, off to the side, not a direct blast. And she lost all of her superpowers for a period of time. And then story, whatever, they got them back for her. Great. But when he hits somebody with this blast and they survive, they lose their powers. And I'm going to say right now, if he hits Shuri and somehow, I don't know how, because this is a blast that would have been powerful enough to kill Superman level Homelander when with a direct, uh, basically body to body uh, contact when it was about to go off, he could have killed Homelander with this blast. If he hits Shuri with it, she's going down. But if she doesn't, she gets depowered. And I don't know how she continues the fight against somebody like Soldier Boy. At the end of the day, this secret weapon is too much for her, her super suit, and anything she can bring to the table. And that's my point number three. Wow. Okay. This is uh, this is not good for you, Ray. Here's the deal. Okay. So first of all, when you say about the Black Panther suit and America, Captain America Civil War, that was from 2016. She has since upgraded the Black Panther suit dramatically, created a whole new series of iterations with newer and better technology. And what she's wearing now is the best Black Panther suit of all time. All the, if there were if there were any weaknesses or capabilities that weren't good there. She would have improved upon it because her personal philosophy is you can never improve enough upon any type of technology you can create. All right. Now, let me push back on this by, on, on what you just said with this explosion. First of all, it takes quite a while 
for Soldier Boy to ramp up this explosion. We saw this in season three of The Boys, where they're holding down, a number of people are holding down Homelander. He's face down, and Soldier Boy's, all right, great, I'm going to hit him with this. And it's like, one, two, three. He's still ramping up, four, five, six. By the way, he's right on top, and he's got to be close by. So that's those are two restrictions. It's going to take a while for him to ramp up, and someone's got to be fairly close by to be in a direct kind of path of it to get hit with it. Something that, you know, maybe sure you will be in their way. I don't know. Because here's the thing with vibranium, it absorbs energy, not just kinetic energy. It absorbs all types of energy. Will she be pushed back a little bit? Sure. But that's not going to be something that stops her or hurts her. Look, in the movie Wakanda Forever, she caused a massive explosion that burned and then charred, literally charred Namor on that area where they were fighting. So all of a sudden, he collapses on the ground. And she just stood there in her Black Panther suit looking very, very cool and everything and just took it and let it blast her and she just stood there nothing happened to her whatsoever now the blast itself doesn't remove everyone's superpowers what it does is it burns out the compound v the compound v is that serum that these people take when they're young kids whatever that soldier boy took uh to get his powers the blast on top of hurting someone because it's really strong takes out and just eradicates the compound v like that substance, that chemical within someone's body. And unless they take more of it, they won't get their powers back. Guess who has no compound V in their body? That would be Shuri. So that's just not going to work. Look, that's all well and good race to Kansas. Let me get to my point number three. And let's talk about fighting experience and wins. Now, in terms of big wins with Shuri, the biggest win that you can say that she has, I keep referencing, is how she beat Namor or Namor in the movie. And again, this is someone who's 500 years old, insane battle experience, the almost considered a god amongst his people, as powerful as Thor out of the water, as powerful as Hulk inside the water, and this is someone who can fly. This is someone who's a bigger threat than Homelander ever was, and that's just a fact. Now, on top of that, he's also a master fighter, and, and just this badass of badass, really great character. you got to see Wakanda forever to kind of get the full thing. But the real reason Shuri wins this fight is because Soldier Soldier Boy is that guy. You know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about that guy. Look, let me illustrate this with a really fun story. So young James Gavdi's playing football in high school and some college scouts come out and talk to him and be like, oh, cool. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Great. Fantastic. Yeah, maybe you can go to this college in the States. Never happened, by the way. And play football here. You know what? We looked at your stats. We looked at your footage. You're not bad for a Jewish kid. And I was like, wait, what? What are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. That actually happened. And I'm like, what are you talking about? These coaches, as idiots as they were, were that guy from the 80s. That guy who's arrogant, who thinks women can't do things, who thinks that if you're not a certain way, I'm not going to explain it any further, you really can't be that good at stuff and that blah, 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 blah racism, homophobia, all whatever you want to call it. This is who Soldier Boy is. And the worst part about all of this, in this battle anyway, is that causes that guy to horribly underestimate his opponents. So what is that guy going to do, Soldier Boy, when he sees Shuri? Look, we see Shuri in Black Panther suit. We're like, uh-oh, hopefully we're, we're not ticking her off. Hopefully we're on her side. This is going to be kind of crazy. You know, she's amazing, all that kind of good stuff. That guy, uh-uh, he sees Shuri. And what does he say? He's like, oh, it's a, clearly a woman. Well, I got nothing to worry about. This will be easy. And that's when he drops his guard. Now, what is Shuri going to do? Well, Shuri's got her AI who's going to be analyzing Soldier Boy. They may not know what Compound V is, but let's say something's up with this person. He's got a shield. He's moving fast. He's powerful. Got it. And that's when the fight starts. And that's when she's going to really start tearing apart, uh, going into Soldier Boy and tearing him apart. Remember, she's ripping into Namor's skin. Namor is super powerful, super almost indestructible, highly durable, and she's still able to tear him apart with vibranium claws. Kimiko's great. She doesn't have vibranium claws. Vibranium is a crazy thing, though, MCU. Look, 
on top of everything, Shuri will not drop her guard. She'll analyze uh, who Soldier Boy is. And then with that, she's going to use superior martial arts to keep going. Look, in this fight, especially because I don't want to ruin the really most important aspect, I think, of Wakanda forever. There's a reason why Shuri is now the way she is. She's not a T'Challa. She's not just the noble ruler of Wakanda, ruler ruler of the uh, person who has the Black Panther mantle. Oh, no, no, no. There's a ruthlessness to her. There is a, I'm going to get, you know, do what I got to do at all costs to make this happen. That is completely different than Soldier Boy. Listen, for Soldier Boy to win, he's going to have to kill Shuri, literally kill her. But with the vibranium, her powers, everything else she brings to the table, her AI, her mind, this ain't going to happen. But for Shuri to win, she could try to kill Soldier Boy. She can make Soldier Boy give up, which she did with Namor at the end of the movie. She made Namor give up. Or she could simply incapacitate him, whatever. If he tries to use that big mega blast power he's got, which is actually kind of cool, she'll see it coming a mile away. Even if she doesn't and she gets hit with it, it's not going to hurt her that bad, if at all. And what happens to Soldier Boy when he shoots out that mega blast? Well, he's very weak for quite a while. And that's when he's going to be even more vulnerable. Look, at the end of the day, that's why Soldier Boy loses. That's why Shuri wins. That's why you should go see Wakanda forever. And that's my point number three. Okay. All right. Abs- First off, yes, everyone should go see Wakanda forever. Uh, this is a movie that deserves to make lots and lots of money. Uh, and the thing that we should all be supporting. Start there, finish there. I love the Black Panther movies. I, I still think the first one should have won an Academy Award Best Picture. And that would have been what Hollywood needed to get out of its slump. Now, Let's talk about what you just said, though, for example. You think Soldier Boy's going to drop his guard? Soldier Boy never drops his guard. Soldier Boy is always ready to fight. It is insane to think he would be so overconfident that he would not be in a place ready for fighting. He only wants to be fighting. He, he's a super aggressive jerk. Of course he's not going to drop his guard. You think, oh, she's ruthless now. Okay, Soldier Boy's one of the most ruthless characters in the history of, of fiction. He's so ruthless that his entire team fragged him at the end of a battle with a well-thought-out plan so they could all combine to bring him down, and that still almost didn't work. And you talk about, oh, well, Compound V is the thing getting knocked out of their system. James, we are putting two universes together. Compound V just happens to be the way people get their superpowers. It's easy to see how in a neutral location, merging these two universes together, that getting hit with that blast would cause anybody to lose their powers. It's very easy leap to make in a, in a way when we put these two universes together. But the most important thing that I didn't mention up until this point, you talk about her uh, insane durability of the suit could take X, Y, and Z, but it didn't stop Namor from planting a spear through her body, through the Black Panther outfit. He got a spear, not anything really uh, exceptional, a spear, and Namor put it through the suit and through her body. If a spear, a low-technology spear, can penetrate the armor, his nuclear-level blast will have no problem going through it. And you're right. He will be weakened afterwards, but she will be vaporized. She will be flung two counties over and not able to make it back, maybe ever, but definitely not within the two minutes necessary. And a weakened soldier boy will win after that blast. The way the bite's actually going to go. The two of them are going to meet. They're going to have some unpleasantries. They're not going to get along very quickly. He's going to pull out a gun and quickly try to shoot her. That's not going to work, and he's going to see it. He's like, all right, little kitty, let's see if you can fight. And they're going to go back and forth and back and forth fighting. She's going to get a vibranium thing, and I do think she's going to be able to scratch his flesh. Eh, probably, I think, 
with the vibranium claws. And the second he takes that first hit, he's going to go into it's real now mode. At that point, the training that he's better at her kicks in and he's going to start grabbing her, throwing her just like Captain America did to T'Challa in Civil War. He's going to be able to grip her and hold her. He is much stronger than she is. And once he gets her in a, in a hold and holding her wrists, holding her claws body to body, he's going to unleash that blast, take her straight out of this battle and win that way. It seems very clear to me. If a spear can do it, a nuclear blast can do it too. I'm sorry. And I would say if she does find a way to survive this, she will win. She will win the war. She will win at the end of the movie, but in a first encounter, there's no way Shuri pulls this off. And that's all I have to say about that. So, so wait, 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 you're talking, you're referencing what I brought by believing point number two, a vibranium spear, right? Thrust by Namor, who's the strongest Thor, pierced it. She then pulled it out and healed from it and then beat him. Is that, is that what you're referencing? Yeah. It's not the same as a nuclear blast straight to the body. Absolutely. Again, if a spear can puncture it. Yeah. I'm sorry, James, a nuclear shot's going to take her down. Just hope I believe can absorb energy. Oh, yeah, that's what it does. All right, Joey, listen, you've There's heard three it. points from Ray. You've heard three points from me. It's time for you to make a decision. Take us through your process. Tell us the story, if you will, and reveal who you think wins this battle between Shuri, the new Black Panther, and Soldier Boy. Gotta say, my heart is beating. My pulse is racing. This is, this is the main event for me. This is the moment that I was born and lived my life to choose was who could win between these two titans. You two have done such a great job of laying out um, the pros and cons of each character and going back and forth, much like um, our two characters that we're talking about. This has truly been a battle of titans among uh, James and Ray on uh, this epic conquest. I think that for me, both of you um, really laid out some great points as to you know how the battle would probably go. Um, you know, you assume that they're meeting on a, in a neutral location. Um, We'll say that Shuri has her suit. We'll say that Homeland, or we'll say that um, Soldier Boy has all of his, you know, all of his gear and his shield with him. Um, I do think that uh, Soldier Boy would probably see Shuri and, um, you know, maybe like not think that she's going to be much of a fight at first. But I think that he probably would quickly, you know, as a born soldier, realize that like, oh, she's got a crazy cat suit that like has claws, clearly, and she's got a thing that can shoot stuff. So like. Clearly, there's like, you know, something there and something that I need to worry about. Um, so I do think that like agreeing with, I believe, what Ray said, the start of the fight is probably going to be, um, uh, you know, a soldier boy using his gun and his knives. Those are probably going to just bounce harmlessly off of her suit. Um, I think that Shuri would then probably start using her arm blasts or um, her um, uh, vibranium gauntlets, which let's just say, uh, and this is to, I think, a point both of you were making of like, these are different worlds, so they're... Um, we, we've got to kind of think about comps for their powers. So let's say that um, Shuri's vibranium arm gauntlets are, you know, probably of a similar power level to like Homelander's eye lasers. So there's something that, you know, probably wouldn't feel good for Soldier Boy to be hit by, but they're not necessarily going to kill him. And if he's got that shield, which let's just say for, for the sake of argument that that shield is probably of equal power to vibranium, you know, it's, it's something that was established as tough and it's based on Captain America's shield from the you know MCU, which is also made of vibranium. So let's just call that an apples to apples comparison of he has a vibranium shield, she has a vibranium suit. So this would probably take, let's say, you know, probably I'm going to say two, three minutes of the battle is going to be them kind of sussing this out before they get to like just straight up hand to hand combat. I think that while that's happening, Shuri is going to be, um, you know, looking at using her AI voiced by the great Trevor Noah. 
um, to analyze, you know, what this thing is. Um, the AI is probably going to explain to her that it's similar to Vibranium, so she should probably, you know, be careful around this. Um, you know, probably also analyzing Soldier Boy's fighting style. While this is happening, Soldier Boy is probably just like leveling blows on Shuri that are, you know, like we've established. Um, Soldier Boy is probably, you know, let's just say equal strength to Homelander, even if the powers aren't necessarily similar. He can, you know, stand toe to toe with Superman and still, you know, stand his ground. So I think that to me, the question of this fight as to how this fight is going to end is going to be whether or not Soldier Boy can pierce through Shuri's suit. And because we've established the suit is very strong, um, you know, can absorb kinetic energy. And um, I think that the answer to that question is that he wouldn't be able to do it. I think that he would try to use his shield on it. Shuri would understand the creation of, you know, what the shield is, what kind of material it is. We've established that Soldier Boy is kind of a dummy because he let himself get kidnapped for 40 years. And even though he's superpower, didn't do anything about it. So I think that his strategic mind is maybe not as sharp as Shuri's. So Shuri's going to try to figure out how to get that shield away from him. And I do think that Soldier Boy would probably look at the shield as like, he would probably think that he could take her without the shield, you know? So let's say that, you know, similar to what Ray said, you know, uh, Soldier Boy locks up Shuri and is about to like let out his, his radiation blast. The radiation blast is not a vibranium stab from something. It's pure kinetic energy that is spread out. So I think that that would get just absorbed by Shuri's suit. I think that she would start glowing with probably more power than the suit's ever been hit with. And then I think she would let out a counter blast that would uh, incinerate him and send him back to 1942. So Shuri wins this fight. I think it would be a close one, but I think Shuri would win this fight. And there you have it. Listen, your supercomputer was working on overtime and the way you just laid this out, I was, my heart was pounding like crazy. Literally. I'm like, wait, so what's happening? Wait, he's got this. Oh, you're saying vibranium is the same thing as the shield. Really? That was driving me absolutely insane. But you came to the right decision. Joey Cliff, you are a genius. You're a national hero. You're who everyone should uh, hold as the standard for peak human achievement. Uh, in the universe, is just what I'm saying. Ray Sicanus, how do you feel after today's match? I mean, I find that decision to be very disappointing. I believe that, again, if a spear could puncture the armor, if the Widow's Bite from Black Widow can slow it down with an energy uh, output, I don't know. I, I think that his blast that levels literal cities would definitely be too much energy for even that suit to handle. Now, I have great respect for our judge, I don't think that he took this matter very lightly. I think he absolutely did everything in his power to come to what ultimately was the wrong decision. Uh, unfortunately, uh, hashtag Ray was robbed. I think we can all agree at the end of the day, if you've seen what this blast can do, you would know that Shuri could not withstand it. I look forward to reading the comments of that exact question come Twitter, if it's still a thing. If it's still uh, wait, a thing. Permission for a permission for a judge's rebuttal. Yes. Okay. Judge's rebuttal. Um, you know, those are both very great points. Um, and these are things that I definitely considered and put into my computer as I was contemplating all of this. I think that the difference is that um, the uh, the widow's bite was electrical energy, whereas a radiation blast and whereas a spear would be very focused kinetic energy. Um, you know, you assume it's a vibranium spear. Let's say that a vibranium spear is you know, the it's like down to the micron of how sharp and pointy it is. So like, you know, Incredible Hulk, Superman level, force driven straight at somebody with like that level of a focused spear tip. 
for sure could spear Shuri's armor. And I would definitely say that, like, I think that Soldier Boy, like, with his shield, his shield does have a lot of points on it. Let's say, let's say that that's similar sharpness to a spear could do it. But I think that he would, I, I think that he would not understand the um, kinetic ab- uh, energy absorption abilities of the suit. And he would let the shield get away from him, assuming that he could probably take her in hand-to-hand combat. And then I think that when he grappled her, that would be kind of his wrongdoing, is getting rid of the shield and assuming the blast would take it. And the blast is radiation energy, which is just pure kinetic energy, which I think is something that um, the suit would be able to absorb. But that is that is a very fair point. And thank you very much for respecting the, my, my judginess. I respect both of you as combatants and think that you did a, a stellar job. Can I tell you why what you just said is absolutely genius? I, I mean, I'm assuming you're going to say you're not saying no to this. Here's Wait, the deal. Are you there, trying to butter a, a, up uh, the judge? No, no, no. No, no. I'll tell you it's why. It's all I'll tell he you, does. Yes. Yes, here's the thing. No, in the 90s, when the Hulk goes into the future to find his future self called the Maestro, which is another version of the Hulk, except he's got a beard and, you know, he's bald-headed, whatever, they get into a fight, and the Hulk from this era takes Captain America's shield and whips it at the Maestro and actually gets the shield to impale him in the gut somehow, right? And Maestro starts laughing. He's hurt, but he's laughing. He's like, yeah, Captain America could never throw the shield hard enough to pierce my skin, but it could it hit me and hurt, but it could never pierce it. It took another Hulk to actually pierce me with this. That's the whole thing. I just don't think, to what you said, Soldier Boy would have enough strength to actually pierce it the way, you know, Namor could or Superman, what have you. So I just, I love the fact that you brought that up. That was incredible. Listen, I, I will stop with my, my nerdisms and geeking out, but that's just what I do. Uh, Joey Cliff, listen, you are an amazing judge. For your first time ever on the Who Would Win show, you absolutely killed it. You were fantastic. You were awesome. And you came to the right decision. With all that being said, please tell the Legion of Audience, our fan base, where they can find you online. Uh, yeah, thanks again for having me. Uh, this was, like I said, the the greatest pressure of my life was to call this right down the middle. And, you know, I just the opportunity to do that, I appreciate. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Joey Tainment, uh, on, on Instagram at Joey Clift with five or six eyes. Reason for that's a 12-year-old took Joey Clift with one eye, and so I just had to deal. Uh, you can also, uh, I don't know, the era that we're living in, you can follow me on Mastodon at JoeyClift. I'm not going to tell you my Mastodon thing. I don't even remember my Mastodon thing. And uh, presumably when you listen to this, you can find me on Hive at JoeyTainment. Just all the socials, JoeyTainment, except for Instagram, which is JoeyClift with a bunch of eyes in it. I love it. All right, Ray Sicanus. It was a hard-fought match. You did a great job with a great character, someone who I just love to hate. Tell our fan base where they can find you. You can find me wondering what went wrong in this match. I knew that it would be a difficult sled. I knew this was a very even 50-50 matchup, but I felt that when all the cards were on the table, that Soldier Boy had enough to bring down Shuri, given that a spear punctured that armor. I'm still not sold, nor will I ever be, quite frankly, nor could I be, quite frankly. You can find me on Twitter at Almighty Ray. I don't have a lot to add to this matchup. I thought I was going to win season four today. As soon as that decision started, I thought I've got this in the bag. Now that I see it all together, I see the world as it lays out. But no, I have to come back next week with another character and defeat James and win season four. I'm on the precipice for the last two weeks of winning the season. And somehow I haven't pulled it off yet. And that, ultimately, is not just disappointing for me. It's disappointing for America. 
Wait, what? Listen, th- this is something that you you definitely did great this season, Ray, and you're so close to winning it. But you know me, I'm just, I'm never going to give up, ever. Just like Shuri, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at James Gads. Remember to join the official Hoodwin Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and to be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok at Hoodwin Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you go for your podcasts. On behalf of myself, Race Decanus, and the rest of the amazing Hoodwin production team, thank you once again for checking out another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. Hey gang, I hope you enjoyed this episode and love listening to the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Quick reminder that you can support us by going to patreon.com slash hoodwinshow right now. Okay, gotta prepare for next week's episode. Hope the rest of your day is full of wins. Sup everyone, Brian here, host of the TV and Movie Trivia Podcast. It's a trivia-style podcast focusing on TV and movies. Listen in for questions like, what's the name of Michael Scott's screenplay? What do you say to view the Marauder's map? What are Tony Stark's last words to Thanos in Avengers Endgame? And where does Ron Burgundy say he is when he calls the news station sobbing from a phone booth? I've covered The Office, Harry Potter, Marvel, Will Ferrell movies, Lord of the Rings, and more, with even more on the way. So play along to the TV and movie trivia podcast anywhere you get podcasts, and stay tuned for more trivia! If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.